Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to another fabulous episode of the world-renowned, globe-spanning pod of excellence known as Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam, and I am absolutely going to agree with two out of three of the things you just said about the pod, and I'll let the listeners decide which two I'm, I'm going to going to agree with and i'll uh give a little bit of a spoiler alert and uh, i was out of the country for the last week and i'll give a little spoiler alert i'm sending pins to australia so i think that narrows it down a little bit it's it's a choose your own adventure sam the listener gets to go okay that one's correct that one's a maybe and absolutely not and that's fair i like it and as usual the listeners also get to say why exactly am I listening to these two goofballs? Good question. Well, Sam, it's been a while since we talked about the book Squawk. I think that was like episode two. It's, it's been a minute. Might have been episode one. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, episode one was the energy bus. Oh, that's right. So it must have been like episode two. That's fine. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because it's in my top five books ever. Yeah, totally get that. And, and I agree. And, and along the way over our... 90 plus episodes we have talked expectations before this week on the gram i came across a fabulous video of bobby mcferrin and i wanted to share with the listeners and talk about expectations and how it ties into what they know when they walk in the door so i'm polite enough not to ask your age but i'm also uh, streetwise enough to know that you're too old to be talking about the gram while we're doing the pod we're both trying too hard oh i know usually okay so a moment a moment between you and i listeners earmuffs normally when i'm teaching class i call it spacebook insta chat snapgram uh tic tac yeah i do that all on purpose because the assumption should be as the gray hairs form on the side of my head for the hair i still have that don't do not I don't know anything about social media. I honestly don't. I try my best. However, on Instagram, I occasionally come across some things of merit. And this, I think, is one of them. I want to see if you're in the same boat as I am. As our relationship has grown over the last 26, 28 months of, of doing the pod, does it ever scare you that things I say were things that were going through your mind because the opposite of that is absolutely true because you just described what I do in class too. I'm like, Hey, I found the interweb last night and um, I almost finished it. I, I, I think I almost finished it. And I found this thing called uh, the face match or the book head or the, yeah. Sometimes I'm a little scared that, that we're so darn alike. And if I were you, I'd be really scared. <laughs> All right, so so one of them, Facebook. When I used that one, that came from my wife's then ninety-two-year-old, fabulously orthodox Jewish uncle Irv. Nice. And he was like, "What are you kids doing today? You're going on the Facebook or something?" And it 
just the most amazing line. And I'm like, oh my God, I love that. I'm using that forever. That is amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, okay. Remove the earmuffs, listeners. Let's come back down to earth. Let me close out my space book. So, we're going to revisit Squawk. And uh, for anybody that's been in a workshop of mine, and they know that the three things I like about Squawk are full fledged expectations, communication that clicks, and pause on performance. And uh, Drew, you sent me something on the gram and tell the listeners what you sent. All right. So for those of you that are young enough to use the gram and old enough to know who Bobby McFerrin is, he is the singer of the fabulous song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And now that I've said that, if you know the song, you are instantly humming it in your head because it's one of those songs. So in this, and I believe the post was from, um, and you can search it, it's like musical, musical philosophy. I believe was was the um, was the poster. If you do musical philosophy in your search, you'll find it pretty quick. It's like the first or second term. Musical philosophy. Fabulous. See? Memory still almost works. So Bobby McFerrin's on what looks like a um, a stage for like a town hall meeting. There's like five or six other performers, and he's talking about expectations from a music standpoint, and. And I don't want to reenact the entire video, but what he does is he stands up in front of the audience and he, he utters a note and bounces. And as he bounces, he does the note. So he, he bounces once and does like, bah, and then he points to the crowd. And when he bounces again, they respond back with the same note. He takes one step to the left bah, and does the same thing. And the, the audience responds and then he starts bouncing. And every time he bounces, however long he bounces, shorter, long. They respond with the note and he ends up dancing up and down the stage, making the audience sing a song based on how many steps he's taking is each note and how short or long he bounces is how long they hold it. At the end of that, he looks at the interviewer, the facilitator, and he's like, listen, people basically know the chromatic scale. So all I have to do is set the expectation to do this. And once I do it, they can go and run. Now, Sam, right now you're like, what does a chromatic scale have to do with leadership or expectation? Hey, Drew. Yes, Sam. What does a chromatic scale have to do with leadership or expectations? So let's spin it around. The audience, because it's Bobby McFerrin, probably has some musical inclination or desire to be there. You, store manager, district manager, you interview people who have some desire to work in your store. So when you're interviewing people and you're looking for basic walk in the door skills, those no talent things, do you show up on time? Can you move with a purpose? Can you smile? That is our version of the chromatic scale. Those are the things they're walking in the door with. How we then as leaders use those innate talent or no talents, right? The things they walk in the door, how we do it will determine how they use it. If we show up on time, if we're always good with the customers, if we're always good to the team members, they're going to follow along because they see what we're doing and they can go one and one equals two. If my boss is doing this, I can do that too. Sam, this could also be used for evil. <laughs> if I deal with that customer and the second they walk out, I cuss their very existence and I, 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 shake my fist at the sky on how annoying these customers are the minute i walk out what will my team members do my guess is that they will also shake their fist at the sky and cuss out loud 
But what worries me even more is they probably won't wait for the customer to walk out the door like we might. And it transfers and it starts to snowball. So where I wanted to go with this was I think setting an expectation is kind of like a snowball at the top of the mountain. Okay. Tell me more. Whatever your team walks in with, the ability to smile, show up on time, move with a purpose. I can take that and make that into a really solid snowball and I can start rolling it downhill. And it doesn't matter how high the mountain is or how much snow it is. The first couple of times I start rolling it downhill, I have to push it. I have to make those first movements. That's me setting the expectations and leading by example. I'm getting them moving downhill. Just for sake of argument. Yeah. Let's say you don't have to push it. Oh, that's going to come. You had to make it. You had to make the snowball. Correct. Maybe once you make the snowball out of the right snow, out of the right material, if you've done a really good job of selection, maybe it'll start moving on its own. So maybe you don't have to push it. That's all I'm saying. I, I get where you're going. If you've ever tried to push a snowball downhill the first time, if you just drop it in the snow, it just sits there. It doesn't know what to do. Snowballs aren't very smart. No, they're not. Unless their name is Frosty. Another story for another day. Thank you. If I just drop the snowball, it's just going to sit there. I've got to give it a couple nudges to get the inertia going, to get it to understand what I want it to do. I want the snowball to roll downhill. And if I start doing it in the correct way, in the right direction and not towards the cliff, the snowball will roll downhill. It'll start to pick up momentum. It'll get bigger and it'll start picking up more snow. Right. And I think your team is the same way. You set those expectations. This is, yes, you can smile, but now I've got to show you how that smile converts into dealing with a customer. Yes, you can show up on time. And now I've got to show you how showing up on time converts into servicing our customer. Yes. Right. So I've got to do those little pushes in the beginning. And then as I've done those couple little pushes, to your point, it'll start to roll on its own, where instead of me having to push it, the rest of the team is like, we all show up on time. We all smile when we're talking to customers or each other. We do these things because, well, they're experts at that point. They don't know why they, they don't, right? Like, this is the only thing I know. And this is how we do it. And there's no other choice. And they pick up other people. And those that aren't on board don't get on the snowball. And it's very clear who shouldn't be part of it. Right. I really like where you're going with this because I think what's also going to happen if we make enough snowballs that they're going to start to see the way our culture is created. And maybe they're going to start making snowballs too. And I mean, this applies to anything since you continue to claim that you won the debate from episodes ago. Um, no longer claiming that. This would apply to remakes on the oven, right? As the leader, I'm going to call remakes at the end of the make line. I'm going to call remakes at the oven. I'm going to show you why it's a remake. I'm going to start that snowball moving so that you do the same thing. You know how to not make the remake and you know if it happens, you know what to do. And you do it because you simply don't know what else to do because that inertia is going because we've set the expectations. We as a leader have done communication that clicks because we've talked to you about why it works. And then the pause on performance is that that follow through of actually doing what we're saying. And now I totally want to rewrite squawk as a snowball. It could be something about Michigan and it snowed on my way to the airport last week. I like it right now. I'm, I'm a little, befuddled okay befuddle away i'm befuddled because you mentioned the debate and i threw a softball across the plate yes and you didn't even swing nope i was i was so tied up in making my point that it applies to anywhere in the door with any one 
how they open, how they close, how they call a remake. I didn't want to take advantage. It was very nice of you to do that. I am I am not going to hit that softball out of the park. It's it's under duress. Make no mistake about it. How's it under duress? Well, it's under duress because our mutual friend Mike Rompel happened to be in Canada this week too. I've heard of him. If you've ever had the opportunity to see Mike speak to a crowd, he's very passionate. Slightly. And and there's a chance I was sitting right next to Carla, his lovely wife, in the front row while he was speaking. Lucky and you. he looked right at me and he said, if you've ever listened to Drew and Sam talk training, they had a debate. Oh, no. And they talked about product and service. Oh, no. And he looks right at me and he says, and Sam thinks he won that debate, but he didn't. And he said that in front of 500 Canadians. But what I'm going to take, um, you're, you're, you're celebrating before the end of the game. It's fine. It's fine. I'm totally going to text him once we're done, done recording. What yeah. I'm going to, to take solace in is, is he said, it's a tie. You can't have one without the other, which is basically where we got to. I mean, we said we were splitting hairs. So, yeah. Mike, if you're listening, and I know you are, um, I, I'm not going to say this about many things, uh, but you were wrong. I did win. I'm not Mike Rompel, so I'm going to call it a draw for right now because, um, you know, we both want him to hire us more. I I believe in the debate. I was trying to get to a place where we just said you can't have one without the other. And you're like, I win. So I will happily take Mike's Sam, you're wrong. And that might have to be the title of the episode. Or if not this one, the next one, just because Snowball is probably the title of this episode. Well, it could be um, snowballs from Utah where Mike tells Sam he's wrong. How about that? I mean, that's probably the longest title we've had in a while, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Mike says hi, by the way. Mike, again, if you're listening, you knocked it out of the park like you always do and you're always expected to do. But let's get back to Bobby McFerrin and um, and the chromatic scale and expectations because the video is amazing. And in our hours of show prep, I was having a hard time. I mean, I loved the video. I thought it was great. Uh, but I think you've done a really good job of tying it in to how it can help our listeners. So sum that up for the listeners one more time. Before I do, I want to touch on something you mentioned about making the snowball. If I don't make the snowball out of snow and I make it out of dirt and pine needles. That's, uh, that gets you a trip to detention or the principal's office. If I throw it. <laughs> True enough. If you've ever tried to make a snowball out of something that's not a snowball, it generally falls apart. I tell you this, listeners, because the things you're looking for in your team, to Bobby's point, people know what the chromatic scale is, especially if you have any musical background whatsoever. You are hiring people to be in a customer service role. If they cannot smile, be on time, move with a purpose, they are never going to meet your further expectations down the line. Yeah, I just want to jump in there for a minute because I think that list is is a relatively short list. But with that said, I think it's too long. For me, if they can't smile, I'm done. I, I feel like I can help them be on time by setting clearer expectations than maybe they've ever been had set before. And I feel like I can, through my culture, get them to start to move with a purpose. But if they can't smile, I'm not sure I can ever get them there. And I'm not guaranteeing that I can make this other two happen. I, I, I mean, please don't take it that way. 
let me go the other way then, right? It's kind of like sure. It's tears, right? To your point, if first thing they can't smile, forget it. Oh. <laughs> I thought T E A R S. You're talking T I E R S. I got gotcha. you. All right. <laughs> if they can't be on time, I got to look around and say, how many other people are fighting with this? Is this something where if I introduce this person into a culture where I'm trying to help five or 10 other people do this, it's just one brick too many, right? Or is this the only person in the store where I can devote some energy to this and really help them along, right? It's one of those, the first one's a hard pass. And then the next two are how much energy does it take? How much can the culture of the store help them out? How about that? I like that. And I I like that a lot. You have done it again, sir, where you do a really good job of of defending your points. It's nice. You bring up blind spots where I'm kind of um, hours of show prep winging it as I'm talking. So uh, the blind spots, you know, thanks for pointing it out. I think the the smiling thing I can root out in an interview. I think I can ask questions to see what past performance has been around being on time and being punctual and having a sense of urgency for those two, you know, I'm thinking about what my stockbroker says, and that is past performance does not necessarily determine future results. Whereas if they can't smile, they can't smile. So that's the only pl- I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think those three things are super important. Yeah, the first one, the first one's the big gatekeeper. I think I'm just stuck. Let's get to summing up what we talked about and giving them them the listeners the loyal listeners the listeners we love something they can they can bottle up and execute against what what's their call to action this week on drew and sam talk physics i would say if you're actively interviewing or if you're like many of our clients where the interviewing is now being done by someone outside the store find a way to make sure that the gatekeeper you the hiring manager Make sure that person can smile and that you can set expectations from the first moment they walk in the store because you're building that snowball from that first moment. And the culture in your store, if it's not where it's at today, then you've got to stop. And that needs to be the focus because Sam and I can can play back and forth on product or service. But all of this is really about you and your people. Agreed. And if your people aren't following the expectations you've set or worse, you haven't set expectations. There's no better time than right now to go and start with the easy things. This isn't about 10 second pepperonis or nine minute delivery times. This is about, and by the way, if you're doing those message me and tell me how this is about starting with the easy stuff. Is your team smiling and happy when they're at work? If they're not, then let's focus on that for a couple days and set that expectation, which means you as the leader, have to smile and be on time and treat everybody the way you want to be treated and just start there and then let the other expectations come once you get the foundation. How's that for a sum up, Sam? That's good stuff, Maynard. Oh, look at you, Maynard. Wow. Uh, How about that? So, you know, I heard you in there for a second, talk about nine second pepperonis. And if you can do that, text me. Uh, I was in Canada last week. So I've heard. There's a uh, a pizza maker there that is the, I'm going to get this number wrong, uh, but it's plus or minus one for the number. I think it is the 19 consecutive year reigning Canadian fastest pizza maker. 
who is also the two-time world fastest pizza maker. And friend of the pot. And friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Uh, Werner, congratulations, my friend, on either 18 or 19. Sorry, I didn't remember the number, but, you know, as as many people pointed out this week, I'm getting old. And uh, uh, that's just a fantastic accomplishment. That is amazing. I mean, I don't know about you, but like my pizza speed topped out year three or year four of me managing. I've been about a 32 second pepperoni for like 25 years now. Doesn't get faster. Doesn't basically get slower. Uh, for those of you that have been on the Facebook, I posted a video on Sunday. Uh, I, I had the distinct honor of judging the corporate team Canada's team building world's fastest pizza maker. And somebody said, why do you get to judge if you're not going to make a pizza? So they put me on the spot and, and timed me. And I probably haven't made a pizza in months. Uh, and they didn't let me practice or anything. So I made one pizza and it came out at 33.8. Sam, when I'm telling you I'm 32, like that's cold walking in the door. I'm 32. If the dough's cold, I might be like 34, but that's like plus or minus two seconds. That's it all the time. I just, I don't get any faster. I don't get any slower. I'm also actively not trying at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I, I was watching myself and I think for the first time in a long time when I was getting timed, I had no nerves because honestly, I just didn't care. Uh, the only thing I really wanted to do was put a pizza across the finish line that I was proud of. And I was pretty proud of the pizza. I think we ran it through the oven. I think it came out looking pretty darn good. And in 33.8 just surprised the heck out of me. So that was good. And um, I don't know if you saw the post. I did. I'm guessing you didn't because you, you did. I liked it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You did. Thank you. Did you see uh, friend of the show Jimmy's comment? No, no. Legend has it that pizza is still being topped. Wow. I know Jimmy's fast, but we might need to drive to Indiana. Have some fun with that. Well, you know what? My, my grandpa used to always say that, you know, if you're great, you don't have to tell the world. The world will tell you if somebody attacks you. And, and Jimmy, that was an attack. I know you're trying to be funny, but. I have feelings too, man. Um, my good friend, Dennis Tran, who, by the way, Jimmy, has actually won the world's fastest pizza maker a number of times. Uh, his comment was, way to go, Sammy, you're a legend. So, you know, I mean, haters gonna hate, Jimmy. Haters gonna hate. Are you in the sports ball, Sam? The, the basketball variety? I would say in the late 80s, early 90s, I was definitely in deep to the sports ball the nba playoffs are going on i haven't really paid much attention to the to the nba for years now however there's a fabulous back and forth with a memphis grizzly player who was guarding lebron james and his statement was something like uh he ain't dropped 40 on me he ain't going to he's not a legend he's just old i did see that and then in the clinching game of the playoff series the lakers beat the grizzlies by 40 purposely by 40 and the Grizzlies cut that player or said they're not re-signing him, something like that. And I, I say this solely because like, whether you're a LeBron hater or not, whether you're a fan or not right now in this generation, he's the best basketball player, not named Steph Curry. And you can argue who's better. Dennis Tran telling you you did good would be a very similar play right there. 
Yeah, yeah. I I just think that if there are known grizzly bears in the area, you don't poke them because they'll show you why they're a grizzly bear. So, um, you know, I'm going to be in St. Louis next week. I'm going to be in San Diego next week. Jimmy, you're going to be in St. Louis next week. I think you should spot me half the seconds compared to our age difference. So, you know, I think I've probably got at least 20 years on Jimmy, probably more, I would think, because I don't really know how old Jimmy is, uh, but I know I'm 58 and I know he's not 38. So 20 years, so let's say he is 38. So 20 years, cut it in half. Jimmy, you spot me 10 seconds. And then somebody is a quality judge because that's where I'm going to get you. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's totally where you're going to win it. So, Jimmy, it's on like Donkey Kong, brother. Hey, before we wrap this episode up, can we do some housekeeping? Thank you for getting us there. <laughs> yeah, let's housekeep. So first, why are you in St. Louis next week? Uh, I'm in St. Louis next week uh, because the franchisees in and around the area have, um, in fact, the ones that were on a roundtable on, on the pod a couple of months back. It's fabulous. All friends of the pod do an amazing job of supporting their teams and providing them with the opportunities to continue their development. Uh, so they've asked me to come down. I'm going to talk about local store marketing because that's going to become a thing real soon again. And I, uh, I think we've got people that are in the brand that have no idea some of the tactics for local store marketing because they just haven't had to do it. And then uh, Fowser Consulting, which, you know, the entire office pitched in for this, the entire office, every single, every single person at the office. And we are sponsoring one of the keynote speakers, a friend of the pod, John U. Bacon, is going to be in St. Louis and delivering a address based on a book that you may have heard of. Um, Let them leave. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to be in St. Louis. So. I mean, it'd be rude if I didn't say, why are you going to be in San Diego? Well, Sam, I'm in San Diego because I'm attending the Association of Talent Development's annual concert or concert convention. Whoa, there's a con. If I would have known there was a concert, I would have gone. Words are hard. It's it's called ATD ICE, International Conference and Expo. Um, we're a lot about ICE, and I think we'll talk about ICE in just a minute. Uh, so this conference pulls in pre-pandemic. It was pulling about 12,000 people. Now it's like 9,000. But pre-pandemic, they had like keynotes for Oprah and Barack Obama. Uh, this conference, they've got uh, Adam Grant, who's a psychologist. And I just grabbed his book because I'm probably going to tell you we got to read it to review it. Because uh, it's um, how I know what I don't know. You and I are masters of knowing that we know nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> I figured it's worth a read. One of the other keynotes is Leslie Odom Jr. And since we were talking music, your eyes got wide, Sam. Do you know who Leslie Odom Jr. is? You are going to be in the room where it happens. I'm going to be in the room where it happens. Absolutely. So I'm going, not because I just wanted to go to a conference, but they have workshops over the two and a half days. You going to attend some workshops? I'm going to lead one of the about 100 workshops. So I got chosen to lead one of the workshops. Got the front door. You're going to lead a conference at the National Trainers Conference? Yeah, I'm going to lead a workshop at the Global Trainers Conference. I'm really impressed. That's awesome, man. Thank you. That's, uh, that should be a heck of a good time. That's the thinking. Um, they've also asked, 
actually asked me to write an article for their magazine based off of my workshop as well. And I kind of have to finish that today. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take one tangent before we, before we land this plane. Yeah. Um, you've talked to, uh, on the pod a couple of times about the book you want to write. Yeah. And people have told me that, that I should write a book and I started it. Look at you. I did. And I've got a title. Oh, what's the title? The title is why did it take so long? Oh, nice. I'm pretty proud of it. And I'm not a writer. I am not either. I've never been a writer. I don't like to write. And once I made the decision to write the book and Tim McIntyre, if you're listening, um, we didn't share this as, uh, as we talked in Canada last week, but you're kind of the reason that made me say, I just got to do it because Tim's, Tim's a heck of a guy. He's kind of nice. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. I've met better. Wow. (laughs) Hi, my name's Drew Helmholtz and I never miss an attempt to take a shot. I mean, you know, might as well. All right, let's land this plane because um, we have one last thing to talk about. Let's talk about New Hampshire. Let's talk about New Hampshire. We are six weeks away from ice at the moment of recording this. We are, and we are at 50% capacity. So that means there's only 30 slots left. And, uh, you know, go to train with, I'm going to screw up your website. So I'm going to let you say it. Trainwithbty.com. Train with bty.com you need to get there if you want to get two days of what is and i don't say this to be boastful i say it because it's true if you want to get some world-class training from two guys who know what the heck they're doing and have tools and tips to take back to your store to increase the customer experience then you got to get on train with b2y.com right now and register for it before the slots are gone because this thing is going to sell out if you're not in the northeast and you're like how do i get to new hampshire that's just crazy why'd you guys pick new hampshire we picked new hampshire because it's an hour from clients in maine it's an hour from clients in boston it's an hour from clients in new hampshire so for you listener you're not in the northeast it's an hour drive from Boston, Boston. And if you've never been to Boston and I'm not going to do any of the weird accent stuff because that's just not right. You already did. I know it's so hard not to fly your team into Boston, drive the hour, do the training, 10 to four, two days, get some team time with your team in, in Boston fabulous opportunity to go home with an action plan on how to improve the customer experience, which is why it's called ice because it's improve the customer experience. And you can register today at trainwithbty.com. And we're telling you this because June 1st, the discounts go away. So it's discounted right now. Get in now before the discounts go away. Yeah, when this, if you're listening to this pod right now, it is at the very least, just pulling up my calendar, this year less than seven or or eight days away from that discount going away. And at full price, it's still going to be a bargain. You know, my, my, my good friend Rodney in high school used to always say it'd be a bargain at twice the price, but don't, don't pay full price. Rodney would be correct. Yeah. Don't pay full price. Get in on this discount. And, you know, if you, if you don't, 
you may not have an opportunity to get in at all because of the spots truly are filling up. We're at 50% capacity right now. So that means there's 30 slots left. Uh, I would grab them. This is something you're not going to want to miss. So with that, Sam, let's land the plane. This has been another great episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. If you haven't already, like us, follow us, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your frenemies, tell your enemies, put a banner up in the sky, buy a billboard, tell everybody how great this is. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm Sam with Bowser Consulting. As always, folks, go out and sell more pizza and have more fun. Bye.